Happy Saturday, crazies, and welcome back to Brutal, the podcast where we're brutally honest, because honestly, it's brutal out there. So much fun hearing y'all's feedback on our last episode with Dana. Um, keep the feedback coming. I like to I like to hear what you guys like and what you don't like and what you want to hear more of. So please slide into our DMs, email us, let us know what you think. Speaking of feedback, we were told that we should feature more guys, um, specifically to get like straight guys' perspective on dating. So today's guest is a good friend of mine, Tom. He has like a pretty serious job where he's BSP, um, big shit poppin'. So he has to remain anonymous, but I think he gives a really good perspective on dating as um, a self-admitted reformed womanizer. So I hope you guys love it. Slide into our DMs again. Tell me what you think. Tell me what kind of guests you want in the future and we will make it happen. But before we talk to Tom, let's do two quick brief and brutals. And then I want to talk about the Wednesday Would You Rathers, which were insane this week. I admit I was like getting really wild with some of these. Okay, question number one. Um, oh, this was actually this TikTok that I posted. So, quote, like when I see the guy who told me he didn't want a relationship post on Instagram with his new girlfriend and she's like, what? Um, when a man says to you, I don't want a relationship, they are omitting the words with you. So <laughs> period, no exceptions. Like when any guy says, I don't want a relationship in your head, just add the words with you and then get your code and leave because that's what he's telling you. As evidenced by this story, when they meet a girl that they're crazy about, suddenly they're open to a relationship. So just don't waste any time agonizing over like why they didn't want a relationship with you, but they do with this new girl. It truly does not matter. Like it doesn't matter. And you'll drive yourself crazy. Like just accept it. Take the L. Get over yourself. Move on and go on some dates and meet a guy for whom you are that girl, right? Like the one who makes them want to lock it down. So don't stress about those things. Um. Okay. Question number two. This is a longer one. Why can't I get a date with the guys I match with? I'm a woman in my late 30s. I've been told by my male friends I have a great profile. I match with about one or two men a week. The conversation keeps flowing with probably one third of these. I ask them out after a couple of days of talking. They all say yes enthusiastically. And then invariably we struggle to find a date because of previous commitments on both sides. I end up saying something like, when are you free next week? Or I'm free next Friday. And that's when they stop messaging me. This has been going on for about four months. Am I doing something wrong? Or is this just routine online dating behavior? Is it my age? What do you think? No, like this has nothing to do with your age or how good your guy friends say your profile is. Like when guys drop off and you don't end up meeting up due to like previous commitments or like scheduling conflicts or like work is bit like whatever other bullshit excuse you want to make up. What's really going on is that they simply don't want to meet you that badly. And that's fine. Meet, move on. Like meet guys who do want to meet you. Um, but you have to remember that like some people are on the dating apps like fully with no intention of leaving their couch men and women right like I've done it myself you just want to like see the talent see who's out there see who swipes right on you like chat with some people whatever like and especially guys like they get that like ego boost of like ooh, like hot girls want to talk to me you're like oh girls I find attractive want to talk to me like we all get it it's like a serotonin rush whatever like knowing there's someone who thinks you're hot and like you mutually matched and now you're casually messaging with this person it's like it's stranger danger it it really doesn't matter like they're not necessarily looking for anything um but they say yes when you ask them out because like they're being polite or they're bored or like they might be down to meet up if it's extremely easy and convenient for them and like notice they drop off when it's like not extremely easy and convenient for them 
because like they think they might get sex out of it or attention or validation or just like whatever um I would think about it like okay we all have those like friend of a friend of a friend from college or whatever who you run into in the street and like you don't dislike them but you don't like them you just like don't know them and you don't have a lot to talk about and they're like oh we should get coffee soon and then like to be polite you're like oh for sure yeah like you're just being nice and then like you get home and they actually text you and they're like how about next week for coffee what about Friday for coffee and that's when you might be like oh like Friday is not good for me and then they might be like how about Saturday and then you might be like oh Saturday I have this thing and then they might be like well what about next week like I'm free on this day and that's when you might just like stop replying because you just didn't want to meet up with them that badly because you're not that interested in hanging out so that's how guys on dating apps who aren't that interested in meeting you feel about you you're like the acquaintance from they don't dislike you they don't like you they don't really care to meet up um they're kind of just like being polite or like they like the attention or whatever so okay the way you weed out those guys is and I'm sorry I say this all the time but it's true just don't ask guys out on apps like why do you want to do more work just let them bring it up I think like definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again expecting different results so just try something different like see what happens because nine times out of ten when guys on dating apps ask you to meet up they ask you quickly. They work to get it scheduled with you. They might like suggest a couple places. They're the one like planning the date. Those are the guys that are interested in meeting you, not the guys that you have to ask out to begin with and then like bully them into finding a time that works. Like they're just not that interested. So just wait for the guys that are. Okay. Let us talk about the would you rathers this week. I was really wilding with some of these. Okay, would you ra- I asked, would you rather find out that your new significant other claps super loudly every time their plane lands or find out they are a 9-11 truther? 84% of you said plane. The remaining, whatever, 16% <laughs> said you would prefer they're a 9-11 truther, which really goes to show how bad um, the plane clapping is, but that's fucked up. That's really funny. Um, I said, would you rather let your date go through your phone or go through your credit card statements? of you said credit card statements and the remaining people said go through their phone. So either some of you have a phone that is just dry and like pure and has no juicy screenshots in it or you haven't thought about this fully or you have a shameful credit card statement. I can't really tell which is which, but I'm 100% team credit card statement. Um, Would you rather find out that your new SO was previously in jail for five years for a nonviolent crime or that they committed a serious nonviolent crime, i.e. money laundering fraud, and got away with it. And 57% of you said got away with it. Like, I would be dying. I'd be like, are the cops going to come in the middle of the night? Like, at least when they went to jail, like, it's done. Like, they were in jail. Also, like, if they get away with it and they might go to jail, like, I don't, this is not, I'm definitely, like, in jail five years, it's over, it's done, it's in the past. Like, we're on the path to rehabilitation. Like, I don't understand um okay well that's all we have time for let's move on to tom don't forget to write in your dating questions for next week's episode to podcastbrutal at gmail.com or dm us on instagram at brutal pod um we have some great guests coming up but i definitely want to hear suggestions from you guys you know if you have a specific guest literally if they have under a million followers like i'm crazy i'll dm them so let me know who you want to hear from or if you don't have a specific guest in mind Let us know like the type of guest you want to hear from um, and we will try to make it happen. So, all right, without further ado, here is Tom. Okay, welcome back. This is Brutal um, and please welcome Tom to the pod. Tom. Hi, Liz. How is it in LA? 
Thanks for coming on. Are you enjoying the non-snowy weather? Uh, yeah, I had to get out. I had to get out about six years ago. Uh, not looking back. I'm jealous. I feel like I've, I'm, you know, moving from sun to not so much sun. I'm like, have I made a huge mistake? I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> no, I'm really happy to be back. I have my like depression lamp. Like it's all happening for us. So it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that sunlight in the eyes in the morning, people. It's like important. directly beam it into yeah, the corneas. Stare, stare at the sun. That's a good yeah. idea. <laughs> um, so I guess for the listeners, let's, I guess we'll just say how we know each other. So we met through one of my best friends from college who was your Craigslist roommate, which I feel like is super, it's unusual that Craigslist roommates like hit it off this much. Incredible. Yeah. Like four years ago, um, uh, I had an old college roommate who came out, tried to make the Los Angeles thing work and, um, uh, couldn't quite make ends meet. And it just made a lot of sense for them to, to move home and Craigslist roommates. And I get Brian who was also a guest on this podcast. And, uh, he and I've been living together for like four years now and he's totally incredible. And he shows up and immediately knows like 30 more people in town than I do. And then through him, I get this massive friend group uh, almost immediately. I feel like we have very like similar outlooks when it comes to dating. Like we don't agree on everything, but I still feel like we're kind of on the same page about the important stuff while having like good banter. So I thought you would be a good like foil for me in some of these conversations. It's weird because I feel like the podcast that becomes super sensational and like widely listened to, it's mm-hmm. it's never like the even keel, you know, like very, no. um, you know, level-headed like point of view, like, you know, I don't know. I, I was thinking about like Call Her Daddy and like a number of other podcasts that I'm like, you know, largely geared towards like women and like right. my similar audience. And I'm just like, I am never going to like, I have a fucking job. Like I'm never going to be talking about like the Gluck Gluck 3000, like publicly with my name attached to it. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Liz, we gotta, we gotta up this. We gotta up the ante, up the ante here. here. Big time. Big know. time. Yeah. Yeah. It is really yeah. funny. 9-11 didn't happen. Stop. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Yeah. We need to get some conspiracy theories. Um, mm. All right. Well, let's get into some dating stuff. So for the listeners, what is your age and what is your relationship status? 28 in love with a female. And how did you guys meet each other? Wow. So I listened to one of your other episodes and um, it was kind of funny because one of the things that you guys were talking about was the guy who you know, like you're just kind of dating casually and it's going on for six months, nine months. And like, if you had to ask him, what are we, then it's never going to work out. Well, it kind of worked out. <laughs> you're the exception. You're the exception. The exception to the rule. Um, yeah. We started dating very casually. Uh, and, and then over the course of probably like a nine month period, um, there's just a lot of very intimate encounters and, and uh, trips and weekends away to Airbnbs with larger group of friends. And um, it was a unique situation where we were the right fit for each other at that time because neither of us uh, was able to really provide a relationship to the other person. And then we both got into therapy around the same time and kind of came to grips with 
our different issues and realize that the other person would actually be good for them. And, and like for me, uh, I could talk from, from, from my place, but like I'm a perfectionist and a control freak. And I'm a completely a career-oriented uh, individual, and a lot of my self-esteem is is tied to my work. And so, I kind of didn't allow other people in due to that. And the other thing is because of that perfectionism and and the, and the desire to be a control freak. My partner was somebody that had to enhance my career. They had to enhance me, and they had to always be willing to be better, uh, 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 a better version of themselves. And you know, I, I, and so many words, I'm saying this to my therapist, I'm, I'm, I'm elaborating, I'm saying it differently. And at a certain point, he just stops me. And he's like, wow, this person you're looking for does not exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you have to um, accept and allow people to, to develop in your life. And, and if you aren't willing to be in a place where uh, uh, you allow for these mistakes to occur, then, then the other person's never going to have the opportunity to live up for it. I mean, the other thing is when you're with somebody, you have to start to have the vision of the lifetime with them and the vision of potentially, you know, raising a family with them and things like that in order for it to ever happen in the first place, that's not going to just happen. So you have to think in that way. It's not necessarily that it will happen. You have to imagine it and be like, could I live with this? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's never going to occur. So, you know, she made me uh, sure to get off the pot and uh, here we are now. Before that, you were kind of, I mean, I would consider you like a serial dater before that. Oh yeah. I was a total womanizer completely. (laughs) uh uh not not proudly but yeah um I I dated a lot of women who were totally incredible people and and had they met me at a different period in my life then um you know we probably would have had more long-term relationships um but it was, it was me. I mean, it was always me. That was, that was the problem at the end of the day. I wouldn't have allowed for more. So, you know, we're going to dive into it later in the podcast, but uh, make sure you're finding the person that's, that's ready for what it is that you're looking for. And, and, and you kind of have to snuff that out early on and ask the hard questions early to, to figure out if you're on the same wavelength. This is a good segue into like our first topic. So like masculinity in general, um, and like toxic masculinity, I think, you know, this is, I'm fascinated by like the concept of toxic masculinity. I think it is to blame for like quite literally 99% of the world's problems. Like something you and I have talked about is kind of how like men's interpretations of masculinity and like how they like perform it, so to speak. Cause I think we all are like performing gender, you know, like it is a, it's a societally constructed thing, how men like perform masculinity, like really affects their dating life, um, and their relationships in general, like very deeply. So I think I'm first curious to get your perspective on masculinity in general growing up. Like what was your understanding of masculinity and like what it means to be a man? Yeah. I think I'm the epitome of somebody that grew up in that culture. Um, 
it's like the act of suppressing emotions and suppressing vulnerability. It's maintaining an appearance of hard assness and glorifying violence or sexual prowess. But yeah, it's just the imagery that as a male in a society, you can never show weakness and you have to pound your chest like you're some kind of silverback gorilla or something in front of the other guys. You know, I went to a Christian all boys middle school that, and I was taught abstinence. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the first, first of all, we were terrible. I could go into stories of (laughs) (laughs) like being a middle school boy when your hormones are raging um but you know the first thing I did uh the summer going into high school uh I I lost my virginity to a, a young French girl and I proceeded to tell the entire football team uh you know because it's some kind of staple of of manhood um, uh, uh, if, if you can have sex with more women, you're, you're viewed as cool or suave or, or, or all these whatever bullshit ideas. And, you know, the, the other part that kind of leaks into this is the type of sex that these young males are taught. Everything's dictated by pornography. Mm-hmm. So you got guys running around town, just jackhammering women. And it's like, they honestly believe that's what women are into. Um, so well, I because think, like, why would they think anything yeah. different? Like if you are, if you've never had sex and like, you've, you know, grown up basically like watching a lot of porn and like, there is so much porn available. And now like the internet is so, you know, available and open all the time. It's like, what else would you think? But it definitely makes sense. And we've like, we've talked about, I think like kink shaming before on this show, just how much like BDSM stuff has become extremely normalized. And like, I'm all for people doing whatever they want to do. Like for me, it's like when girls are like, yeah, he wanted to like hit me in the face repeatedly as hard as he could. I'm like, that is not a kink. Like that is abuse. <laughs> like yeah. I will kink shame you all day. Like it's just wild and crazy. Yeah. Well, there's that, uh, uh, LA pitcher blanking on the guy's name, but yeah, he was like, Beating the women that would come over to his house. But it's like if it's violent. in the context of sex, it's like, oh, it's okay. It's a kink. It's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. yeah, yeah. It's really, really gross. You know, my lifestyle was playing rugby, drinking, getting into fights, being the tough guy. Uh, the mental health thing wasn't really talked about all that much. And uh, running around, uh, most of my college years, I did have a girlfriend. Um, but then following that, I kind of kept that culture for my first two years or so in Los Angeles. And, uh, again, it was, it was kind of Brian who, who ended up saving me because he exposed me to the LGBTQ culture. And then I would be going out and I'd be going out of these dance floors and these gay clubs. And I had more fun than I ever, ever did doing any kind of straight event ever. And so, the topics of conversation were lighter and they were more fun. There was more depth there. The people are more accepting. You, you know, you just feel this energy of being loved for who you are and you can be your honest self at any moment in time. And my honest self is a, is a straight male, but he is a straight male with a conscious who is cognizant of other people's emotions and feelings. And that was kind of the big turning point for me getting away from that culture of toxic masculinity. I think 
you know, obviously for women, there's like a lot of pressure to perform femininity in a way that's like, you know, socially acceptable, both, both in terms of our like appearance and in terms of our demeanor and our actions. Um, and I think like, you know, very often you see women just like super severely chastised and like ostracized when they go against that, you know, for men, the, those traditional expectations of masculinity, like the elements of toxic masculinity, like it's because I think it's a little quieter. Um, it's very, very like insidious. You mentioned like Brian and kind of becoming more involved in the LGBTQ community. How did you like, is there anything else you feel like you did to like move past this and kind of like, you know, redefine your idea of masculinity slash like, is there now a masculine ideal that you strive towards? Like, what do you think is your, your like positive definition of being a man? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. It's um, being honest with the people around you and being honest with yourself. And, and uh, I think sticking to your word and being somebody that's supportive and that helps the other people around them. I mean, being a community-oriented individual is, is kind of the, my idea of masculinity now. Um, uh, being a provider, uh, is important. Um, so sharing my shortcomings in my life with the people around me and, and then, and then just focusing on making the people around me better and just don't be a person who's taking all the time. I mean, you know, if you really need it in a moment and you're struggling, then, then you just need to reach out and ask for help. But uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's in the zeitgeist at this point, but vulnerability mm-hmm. I, I, is the most important aspect of all. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to get there. I mean, it's like, once you start telling the truth all the time, um, you, you feel so much lighter and you feel better for it. And, and you realize that, uh, these other ideas were kind of misconstrued to you the, the whole time. It is really crazy. It's crazy just getting older and realizing so much stuff that you're just like spoon fed, you know, from birth basically is like complete bullshit. And like, you can actually do whatever you want. I mean, like within reason you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. And like, I don't know. I know that a lot of people struggle with this, so I don't want to downplay it. But like, for me, it's truly like, I just, I have to just be who I am and be myself and do what I want to do. And like, if somebody doesn't like it, like, fuck them, it's fine. Like, and if they do, then like, they're my real friend. All right. So let's get into some discussion of dating apps, Um, like general conversation, but I have a lot of specific questions that I think we should talk about. So, I mean, I feel like obviously now the dating apps are so prevalent, like so normal. Like I've been to multiple, multiple hinge weddings. I've been to a few Tinder and Bumble weddings. Um, I think like some people say it's a numbers game. Some people say it's like, there's a secret sauce. Like, how has your experience on the dating apps been? Like, overall good, overall bad, like mixed? For me, it's overall not been great. I think I would never, um, when they first started coming around, I was in college and I met a girlfriend early on and dated her pretty much my whole time. Through the dating apps? Uh, uh, No, I met her just in person. It was an old high school friend um who was roommates with her and then uh and then we ended up getting together so 
I never actually messed around with them. So then I was kind of behind the eight ball after that relationship ended. And then I was out here living in LA and I didn't really have any friends until basically Brian came around. Um, and all of my success stories with dating came from either meeting people out. So I've never been one who shied away from just walking up to somebody um, or an introduction through friends. Um, and, and I've been on plenty of dates on the dating apps, but for me, it's just a situation of you get there and you don't sound the way you imagined in your head, or they look a little bit different, or, uh, they're not that into that thing on their profile that suggested that they might've been that into said thing. Um, and that you basically, I would just walk in with certain expectations and then, and then sometimes I could feel that I wasn't meeting the expectations on the other end. And, uh, yeah, so it, it rarely worked for me. Yeah. I feel you. It's funny. Like I've had, I've never like met someone on a dating app, like gone on a few dates with them, eventually deleted the app, had a serious relationship with them. But for some reason, it's just never happened for me. Um, with that said, like, I know so many people that have had like great success with the dating apps. Um, and I can't, I can't identify like what the common denominator is. I don't really know. Um, there's, there just seems to be some people that have better luck with it. I will say I've had two serious relationships where I later found out that we had matched on the app. Um, like one guy, I, I matched with on an app. He messaged me. I never responded. And then we met like months later we were set up and we dated for like a year and a half. And then my most recent ex, we actually went on a Bumble date like four and a half years ago, five years ago. And I remembered like after the date, I was like, okay, like, no, like, I remember that. Like all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then four and a half years later, we met at a party through mutual friends and then like also dated for a year and a half. So like, it just goes to show, I think you give people a lot more of like a chance in person or you're Mm -hmm. more like, you know, you're more open or more commit, not committed, but like there's more at stake. Like when you meet through friends and you date someone like who you've met through friends, then there is Mm -hmm. when it's just like a random stranger, but. Well, the second somebody else uh, vouches for them, you just, if there are certain red flags, like you you kind of brush them to the wayside and you think you're thinking a little crazy or whatever that situation may be. But I think what the dating app is you walk into it with your guard up right off the bat. Yeah. You know, and, and the only, there's nobody there to say, uh, that you trust whose opinion you trust to kind of push away some of the red flags. Yeah. I think for me, my, this is going to sound really obnoxious, but like my biggest issue with the dating apps is that like I'm in sales. So like I am professionally trained to make conversation with a wall and like make anyone <laughs> feel like we've had an amazing interaction. So like I would go on these dates and like, I would be like, that was horrible. Or I'd be like, that was fine. But like, he's not my man. And -hmm. I would get home and the guy would text me and be like, I can't wait to see you again. Or like, want to ask me out again. And I would be like, no, like, obviously not. But they were clearly feeling like, wow, we really connected. And I was like, Mm -hmm. starting to feel like a sociopath. Cause I was like, did I just go on these dates? Like do sales? I think I did. Yeah. 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 That's not a good feeling. I mean, like it's a good problem to have, but like, I think, you know, I've tried to kind of change my, like be a little bit more like honest on dates since then. Not that mm-hmm. I was being dishonest, but you know what? I, like guys would literally say crazy shit. Like guys would be like, 
I'm just not really like sure about vaccines. And I would be like, you know, like, to each their own, to each their own. Like, instead of being right, like, what the right. fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would just be so agreeable. In the moment. Right, yes. right, right, right. You're agreeable with everything. Yeah. Just to make it work. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I don't I know why, could... like I had no stake in it, no skin in the game. Like I could have just been like, fuck you and like left. But for some reason, like I had to like win the deal. Like, I don't know. Uh-huh. I, it totally flows into uh, what we touched on earlier, but it's, it's, it's uh, uh, having the vision of what it is that you wanted at that time. And, and I think that helps weed out a lot of the bad apples. But, you know, when I was on the dating apps, I was in certain times in my life, I was on there to sleep with somebody. Right? Yeah. That was it. That's what I assume all men are on the dating apps to do. I feel like you literally have to like force them to get to know you in order for them to like take it any more seriously. Like I think for guys, the dating apps are like a video game they play that will like hopefully result in sex. No offense. That's just like my opinion. So you have to like, as a woman, I think there's a, there's a lot you need to like vet for. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, having certain standards and, um, and, and I think we'll touch on it in a bit, but making sure that you're seeing certain, certain signs out of the guy that shows you that they're serious about having a relationship. But, um, and sometimes they'll lie to your face when you ask them certain questions. Definitely. Uh, I don't believe in like asking and I don't believe in like showing out your cards. Like, I think if you're like, are you looking for a serious relationship? Like, even if he's not, if he wants to sleep with you, he's going to be like, of course. (laughs) Right. Totally. But like, that doesn't, I don't know. I think we need to, people need to stop like demonizing guys for doing that. Like you have to, I mean, it sucks and it's like, it's bad and they're lying and like, it is toxic, but like, come on. Like, I don't know. I just feel like when you show someone all your car, it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, if you were a little gazelle and like you're with a lion and you know, the lion wants to eat you. And you were like, you're a vegetarian, right? And the lion was like, definitely for sure. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to go run over there? Like, I don't know. It just, uh, I have some hot takes on this. I don't know. I think, I think the way to get around that is early on meet their friends and vice versa. Yeah. You know, and you got to pull the people aside and like, obviously you can't be talking to their best friend because they're going to say whatever they need to say to keep things going. You got to pick like friend number, like four or five on the totem pole. Auxiliary friend. <laughs> Auxiliary friend. Pound them with some questions. Really? You feel like just ask them like, what's the deal? Yeah. I mean, I'm honest in that situation. I would say you have to ask the friend of the same sex as you. So like, if I were to meet a guy's friends, I would ask like a female friend of his, who's like, like you said, you know, five degrees away, maybe. Great move. That would be the person I would trust. Yeah. That's a veteran play. Lock it in. You got to figure out what your, what your strategy is. Well, do you feel like there was one dating app that was like better or that you like preferred? Um, hinge. Okay. Because I yeah. think you, I think you it gave the opportunity to give character and actually show if um, you're like a genuinely humorous person and uh, gives you an opportunity to show the things that you actually like 
um, you know, one of the things we need to talk about, like, I think truly the biggest no-no on the dating app profiles, and I, and I think it impacts uh, the women more than the men, but like, what is the deal with putting a fucking filter on? It's very strange. I, it's, like, we all know it's a filter. We all know it's a filter. You're starting everything off with a lie right off of the bat. So you show up to the date with me and I'm immediately, it's not that you don't look a certain way that the photos may have suggested. It isn't that it's you showed up and you weren't being your true honest self right off the bat. So now I just think that you're a liar. Right. And that you're insecure. Yeah. Like take the time to get some good lighting either with a friend or do it yourself, go outside in natural light during the day. (laughs) Women across the world are like crying, not the natural light. Yeah. Yeah. You know, during your morning walk, take a nice photo. I don't know, but (laughs) you got to get like, you have to get some like actual pictures of you. Mm -hmm. But again, I think, I think a lot of people, this all comes back to like confidence and like, are you afraid to like, just put it out? Are you afraid to just like, put it out there and be like, this is me. This is my face. This is what I look like. If someone doesn't like right. it, goodbye. It's okay because it is yeah, okay. But it, yeah, but it, it's consider like, what do you, what do you find sexy in the partner? And it's like, why wouldn't they find that sexy in you if you were the same way? So if you're like yeah. this confident, like you know, you find a person that's confident, that's willing to show themselves off, blah 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 blah, that owns their situation then you should be doing the same. You should be reciprocating that. Right. Yeah. I think like baseline attractiveness, it's not that I think like people are trying to catfish each other, Mm -hmm. but I think that people want to present, they want to present the best possible, you know, version of themselves. And so I think the same way that like women you know, they do like the Snapchat, like pretty filter, like the beauty filter or whatever. And then they fucking download that picture. And then they put that in the dating app. I actually have a friend who like uploads them to Facebook. I'm like, girl, we, we can, we all know what it is. We know it's a filter. Like, I know I don't look like that. And like, so people, you know, so women like update or upload these, the Snapchat beauty filter photos or the filtered photo, like severely where it's like altering your bone structure. And like, you look like a beautiful fairy. They're right. uploading those. And meanwhile, men are adding, I would say two to four inches to their height yes which is which it's also tough. messed up it's tough i think the women the women are pretty cruel about the necessity of the guy's height so i think in their attempt to even get a shot at the date win them over with their personality or whatever they feel the need to do that yeah it's very the thing is though, like for me, it comes down to like, now you've lied, like you've lied about something that make, and again, yeah, it makes me feel like, okay, you're literally lying and you are coming off as insecure mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. I've met guys who are, you know, five, nine, five, eight, and have super confident energy and are just like, it's, it literally doesn't matter that I'm like almost as tall as them. It does not matter at all. And then I've met right. guys who like, on the dating app, they're like, I'm six one and you meet them and you're like, well, I'm five, seven. You're (laughs) 
not six math. one. <laughs> the math is not adding up. I've heard about women having like a marker on the wall in their apartment by the door that's like at six feet, so that when a guy walks in, they'll know immediately if he's lying or not. <laughs> oh my god, that's like funny. must be six feet to enter. But yeah, the, I mean the height stuff. Like obviously, height is not. I shouldn't say it's not a deal breaker because I think that everyone is entitled to their deal breaker, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But I think people mm-hmm. need to be aware that like the more rare your deal breaker makes someone, the smaller your dating pool is going to be. So like, if it really is like a huge deal breaker for you to be with a guy that's over six feet, that's fine. But just know that that's like a smaller percentage of the population so that any other requirement you have beyond that, like you're just making the pool smaller and smaller, which again, maybe that's fine for you. But like, perhaps be open to someone who's 5'11", if they don't lie about it. Yeah. Yeah. People that own it. Trustworthy. Agreed. What else makes like a, what makes like a good profile in your opinion? Because we've talked about what makes a bad one. Um, I think showing what your honest interests are, whether uh, like the things that bring you joy in life. Um, If you enjoy dancing, if you like to run. Uh, sports, if you're a very avid reader, you like concerts, like show me the kind of music that you're into. Um, If your job is important to you and what you're doing and you get purpose out of it, you know, show that. Because I think getting off on the right foot and, 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 and giving somebody a real good idea of like who you are at your core is a, a great way to use the dating apps because somebody's not matching with you and like you're I mean if you're being truly honest to yourself about what matters to you and you're putting that out there then the people that are responding to that ideally are interested in those things and like those things about you um and it's it's a good place to to get the ball rolling yeah agreed Um, Okay. What are some immediate deal breakers for you? Like you you see something on a profile and you would just immediately swipe left. Like for me, and I have some superficial ones. I have some more serious ones for me, like any selfie taken in your car, um, (laughs) goatees, soul patches, photos where your ex-girlfriend stop. (laughs) Men always want to show off their cars. It's very straight. Like so I don't. Weird. It's, I know that men care a lot about cars. I think some women care about cars, but like most don't. So it's so just weird. like it's very strange. But like if you're inside, what's with the inside the car, like below the chin, like selfie? I've never understood that. Um, when <laughs> they like you. have a picture with their ex girlfriend, but they've like clearly cropped her out, or they've like put an emoji over her face, and then um dog baiting and baby baiting like or puppy baiting and baby baiting so like if the first photo is like you with like a super cute puppy I don't like it because it's puppy baiting um and same thing with like a super cute baby it's baby baiting unless it is literally your baby but it's usually like their brother's baby and like they hate babies actually like (laughs) they're just like reeling girls in with that I think uh I think I think it's reasonable to have the dog like if it's your dog if it's your dog again, not, not just a strange not, dog. Not necessarily on the first photo either, though. Like maybe photo two or three or further down. You know? Yeah. You're right. That's baiting. Shenanigans. When you can't like identify someone too, like when they every photo is a group photo. I just I can't I I don't want to do that work. I shouldn't have to be like getting out the facial recognition software no, the, to like the, figure the, it the, out. 
the first the first photo every single time should be of just you that's one that's one rule uh rule number two we already went over it in a lot of detail no filters mm-hmm. stop with the filters um let's see other thing if there's no humor I, I mean, maybe it's just the personality that I am, but if there's no humor, I'm not interested. I mean, like, let's get a little witty with our taglines and our messages, you know, put a little effort, put effort in. I want to see effort. I want to know that the person spent time on this, that it matters to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like any bad, fuzzy pictures, things like that. Just don't, if you know, if you don't have six good ones or whatever the number is, don't, don't bother putting it up. Yeah. At this point though, like who doesn't have six photos of them? Like you're have the best camera that's ever been made in your pocket at all times. Like, I don't know. True. True. Literally go outside. True. Yeah. Natural light. Get back to it. Yeah. All right. So speaking of catfishing, what is the most brutal thing that's ever happened to you on an app date? (laughs) I mean, it's more... I did it more to myself than the other person by any means, but I, I got into like a rollerblading kick and, oh uh, no, oh, no. <laughs> started off with a rollerblading date and I come out swinging and I'm like blading over and I jump off a curb and just eat shit to the point where like, I'm in actual pain. Oh my God. And, and then, I, and then the girl was one of those ones that like had done the filter thing. And I was like, this is literally not the same person. And I was like, I thought I inspected it. So that not only am I in pain on this rollerblading thing, but then I'm annoyed at this other person because I felt that they were dishonest to me. And it was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm six foot five for our listeners. So just picture (laughs) that. Um, I can't believe someone would say yes for rollerblading on a first date. I mean, like uh, points for creativity for sure. But I'd be like, Oh, I can't. Yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. I'm unable. I'm just unable. Yeah. I wasn't. Anyway. Yeah. It was, it was not That's ideal. so funny. Not ideal. Oh, my God. Um, but we also talked about, like, you feel like the quality of dates from a guy early on, like, really matter. So can mm-hmm. you elaborate on this? Because I agree. Yeah. I think my first rule is the first date's kind of a crapshoot. You know, whatever goes, goes. And, and, and ideally the two of you connect, but you should notice starting really even with the second date that they were paying attention to things that you were saying. And they start to incorporate that into your dating lives. And so, you know, I think it's a sign, it's not necessarily a sign that they're all in on you or they're ready to to get things going with you, but it's a sign that they're serious about dating and making it work with somebody. So if you have a person that's putting true effort into your dating lives and, you know, you mentioned some band that you really love and enjoy, and then they surprise you with uh, tickets to their concert of some kind, something like that. Um, I think Brian alluded to that with, uh, with Taylor actually. Uh, and, and that was kind of like what brought them in, even though their first date wasn't that great. That's a perfect example. Um, just them 
pushing on an idea of something that you've alluded to that you like and enjoy. And uh, uh, you can kind of go from there. But if, if you're not getting that after a couple of dates um, and there's not like some real effort and creativity, then they're not interested. Yeah. They don't care. I agree. I kind of feel like, I don't know, especially with the dating apps. Generally, my philosophy on this is that dating apps in general make like make things extremely, extremely easy for men. And by that, I mean, like guys want to have sex and like the dating apps make it kind of the dating apps in combination with like sexual liberation for women, make it like very much a buffet. And mm-hmm. I think that is, you know, that it is what it is. Um, but I think that women need to kind of find what what I'm seeing basically is that that results in a lot of guys getting laid and a lot of women ending up with hurt feelings because they're trying to act like they're Samantha from sex in the city. And it's like, okay, Samantha was not a real person. And like, you don't right. think that if she was, she wouldn't have felt like icky one time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. so I just feel like I think women need to come up with like, you know, some vetting strategies for themselves or like a game plan when it comes to the apps to try to like suss out if a guy likes them or not. Um, or if he's just after sex or just after like entertainment or a pen pal or like any number of other things. Um, so I think like, you know, the quality of dates is like a great way to do that. Just like seeing if he's like paying attention, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, are they yeah. like spending time? Are they spending money? Are they putting in effort? Are they like coming to you? Are they like, really interested and not just like interested enough to sleep with you if you you know go to their neighborhood like yeah yeah spot on spot on yeah i think guys uh uh, they um you need to put a certain amount of energy out and 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 expect and demand um something out of them uh and sort of see how they respond at that point but, uh, and you've talked about it in the past, but you, you, you kind of get what um, you're willing to receive at that point in time. You get what you accept, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you'll continue to get it. Okay, I think this is a good transition into our listener emails. Um, so some of these Can't are wait. written directly to us. Some of these are like, I troll Reddit relationships because it's the most entertaining place on the internet. Amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and read the first one. Okay, 22-year-old female here. I live in Southern California and I set my profile within a 50-mile radius to meet people outside of my city. I also don't mind driving to dates as long as there is compromise on both ends. I had a date arranged for the weekend and he lives quite a distance away and we agreed to meet halfway. He suggested a restaurant that wasn't even close to being halfway and it was much closer to him, which puts me at a huge disadvantage since we both agreed on meeting halfway. I asked him, can we actually meet halfway? But then ever since then, he's been super dry and not texting me. There's a lot of great restaurants in between the two cities that we live in. I really don't think it's that hard to suggest places to eat at. Most especially when Yelp exists. I feel like if the person is not willing to compromise on little things like this, it's a red flag. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like ding, 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 ding. I think you talked yourself into the answer there. Yeah. I mean, he's probably doesn't want to do a long distance thing, which is Why fine. Are you setting your radius to 50 miles is my question. Yeah. That is lunacy. I don't want to drive 25 miles. 15 at the most. At the most. Yeah. Just 
Go to 15. Find somebody that's closer to you. Go to 15 and find a guy that will drive to you. Like the guy who wants you to like come to his neighborhood is going to be lazy about other stuff too, in my opinion. Agreed. Okay. Next question. Is it a red flag if a guy messages you right away after you matched on dating app asking to go on a date? I have friends who say he probably just doesn't want to waste time and wants to meet first to see if we're both feeling it or not. But I have other friends that say he's just looking for a hookup. What are your thoughts on this? Sometimes guys take way too long and you end up chatting for weeks and they never ask you to hang out. How many days would you chat with a match before giving up with the conversation and not replying if they haven't asked you out? I think I have an unpopular opinion. Um, But for me, I want to be in person. I want to feel this other person's energy. I want to understand them. I think the only way to do that is to be around one another. And so I am a big proponent of, I looked at your profile, I spent the time on it. I am interested. Let's cut through the bullshit. Let's get together immediately. And so I am a person, and it's not that, and it's not that I wanted to, you know, just sleep with the person. It's like, I'm interested. Let's cut through the bullshit. I don't feel like spending any time on this app messaging back and forth. Here's a creative idea. Here's a date. That's a fun date. And let's go and do it. See what happens. I completely agree. I don't think it's a red flag that he asks you out right away. I just think like, I would, I would rather have that than like these like time wasters. Like for me, it's like, I'll give it like, you know, if we start messaging, I don't like check the apps that often. Um, cause they do get like very, it's like, ugh, like how many times are going to be like, Oh, where are you from? You know what I mean? Like small talk. Yeah. I don't yeah. check them that often, but like, I'll give them like a couple days or like, you know, a few messages back and forth to like ask me out. But if they're not, I don't know. I figure like anyone who's actually serious about dating is like checking the dating apps at least once in like a 48 hour period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've all, I also realized that, like there are guys where like usually if they don't ask me out within like a couple of days or like, you know, a decent number of like messages back and forth, it's because they're like, honestly, not that interested to meet me. Like they're not really serious about dating right now. They don't want to spend money on like an actual date. So they're like trying to get to know me like for free through like messaging or the app or like texting. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they're just looking for like a pen pal or like attention or validation, or they're like killing time. Like, I feel like a lot of people and like women do this too. Like a lot of people are just on the apps for like self-esteem boost. Like they're just like wasting time. And like when someone swipes right on them, it's like dopamine, serotonin. So like, I just, I think it's good if they ask you out right away. I agree. Like they probably just want to fill it out. Yeah. There's a lot of research about, you know, that you get the new notification and another person thinks that you're hot. Like, yeah, people, people really enjoy that quick dopamine hit and screw all that get serious about it and say yes to the next person that shoots their shot for a date right off the bat. And then uh, if it's a bad first date, it's a bad first date, but at least they didn't waste two weeks of your time messaging back and forth to figure that out later on. Like, you you, you know, get to it. You're serious about trying to find somebody, then you need to go out there and start trying. Yeah. I'm not about these like two, three week long talking stages with people that you've literally never met. And like, you're getting all like emotionally invested and like, what are you talking? What are you talking about? I think what people are literally just texting me. I mean, like, I, I'm not a big texting person. Like, I can't respond to a text in my life. So, like, I, I don't know. But, like, I literally think people are texting all day long. Like, 
good morning. Like I just ate a quesadilla. Like, I think, I think it's just nothingness, like absolute nothingness. Or they're like, you know, having like deep talks once in a while via text. But again, it's like, it's a literal stranger. Like why, why do it in person? It's stranger danger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next scenario. Okay. This woman writes, I've been dating a guy for four months. It was going super well. After four months, he went back to his home country to spend three months there before coming back to where we live. I recently visited him in his city for four days and he was very distant towards me. I talked to him about it and he said he doesn't want to make it harder on us both once we part. Oh, he didn't want to make it harder on us both once we part and that's why he was distant. But also he said that he wants to stay in touch until he comes back to where we both live. I am traveling now as well, but the contact we have is very superficial and he hardly talks about his life anymore. I don't know if I should wait and see how things go until we meet again or break it off for now. It's a tough one. I would break it off for now and pick it up when the two of you can actually spend time together. Personally, I don't, I, I think other people might have a different opinion on it, but I, I, I would cut it out and be like, Hey, look, like, just let me know when you're in town again and I'll let you know when I'm in town and we can see if we can go on a date and see if there's anything there. But I mean, just to give you an example, um, I know a person who uh, had a high school sweetheart and they broke up and then he ended up marrying basically the next person that he started dating and they were together for like 40 years and his wife uh, passed away. And during the grieving process, this other person reached out to them and this is the high school sweetheart and they got together and it was like fireworks and oh my God. this is, you know, like 50 years after the fact they're like in their seventies. And so it's just like, you know, letting some time go without communication with somebody isn't actually the end of the world. And maybe the two of you end up finding each other during different stages and phases of your lives. And then you're actually a better fit at that point. So keep the door open and the idea of keeping constant BS conversations through text over the course of several months while you have other things going on and there's no real plans of, of meeting up. Sounds horrible to me. It sounds like a nightmare. I'm just like, let it go. See if he misses you. See if he keeps contacting you in general, like you've been dating for four months and then he left to go back to his home country to spend three months there. Like, why is he doing that? Like, let's say he had to go, like he absolutely had to go. I think if he was super, super interested in you, number one, you wouldn't be feeling this like weirdness after visiting him. Like he would have been so excited to have you. It would have been a great time. He would have been like, I can't wait to get back and like be together. You wouldn't have this weird vibe about like the texting or the talking. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think, and you know, the thing is she doesn't say like you know are they exclusive or not i'm absolutely sure he is dating and sleeping with other people in his home country i think she should be probably starting to like date other people because if they haven't talked about it like she's single until they talk about it so yeah i think she doesn't need to necessarily like like you said like you don't need to dump him but i think you can just like stop communicating with him see what happens like see if he comes back see if he wants to talk more or get more serious but <laughs> Yeah. I don't really think it's a good idea to like pine for him and like wait around. Cause like, See what's going to happen? In the meantime. Yeah. What's going to happen is he's going to get back and like, you're going to be like expecting this like incredible reunion and like expecting it to like become more serious. And it's just like, he could come back and be like, yeah, I thought about it. I don't want to be together. Or like, he could be seeing someone else. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't invest yeah. like a lot more emotion in this. Yeah. See other people. All right. Last question. 
this is controversial. I mean, I have a controversial opinion on this last question. Does it really matter when you sleep with a guy? The third date rule is obviously a cliche and very overrated, but how long should I wait? I have friends who slept with someone on the first date. Now they're married. I just think if someone really likes you, it won't matter when you sleep with them. What do you think? I tend to agree. I think it kind of depends on everybody's emotional maturity being at a similar level at the time of the dating. Um, You know, you catch a guy who's been through a divorce, he's looking for something serious and you sleep on the first date together. That's probably because it's the first time he's had fireworks with somebody in a long, long time. Right. But if you do that with a 22 year old guy, pretty unlikely that it's going to turn into a long-time relationship. So I I think it's just uh, for the male portion of it, I think it's tied to emotional maturity and, uh, and, and what they're looking for. And you don't necessarily know that. So it's, it's a tough question to answer. I feel like in general, if you don't care what happens, sleep with them whenever you want. But if you are concerned about like, will I hear from them again? Like, Mm -hmm. do I know where this is going? Like, do I feel like a real connection with them or am I just horny? Like, do we have really strong chemistry or is this an actual potential, like someone I would want to be with? I feel like there are some quite for me, it's like, there's some questions you should have answered first. And I also, I just think like, it depends on the emotional maturity of the guy. Yes. I think in general, honestly, the longer you wait to sleep with a guy, like the more you can suss out if he is there to just sleep with you, if he's there to like actually get to know you, yeah, it could go either way. Like it, you could sleep with someone on the first date and like, he could be genuinely interested in you and like continue to like, you know, want to see you and hang out after that. But you could also go on the first date. He could not be that interested in you, but he will still sleep with you. Um, and then you right. won't hear from him again. You'll be upset right. and like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it could go either way. I think the only, the only way to suss it out is to like wait a while and see if they continue to pursue you after you don't give them sex up front. Yeah, I mean, I will add that uh, uh, if if there's no sexual chemistry and it just kills the vibe at the same time. I mean, you gotta give them something to work with, something to be excited about. Um, Like do kiss them, et cetera, things like Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, if if there's been 10 dates and real effort and you haven't put out at all, it's like, why he's, he's going to start looking elsewhere. And, and it's, yeah, you know, sex is important to a healthy relationship. So it's a careful balance. It's a careful balance. I think like women need to focus on like, what's going to be the situation for them that will leave them feeling okay. Because that's like, honestly, what I care about is like, when you have a friend who like continuously goes on first dates, like sleeps with the guy on the first or second date every time. And then like, is always like upset and is always like, why didn't I hear from him? Or like, why do guys always do this to me? And it's Mm. like, when you see a pattern like that, you kind of have to, you kind of have to look inward and see if there's something you could do differently. When it's a pattern, when it's a pattern, it's not them. It's you. Yeah. What is the most brutal truth about dating that you think people are afraid to admit or say out loud? Your 
dating yourself and your own expectations. So you need to look inward first. And uh, I think it's really important to have a vision of the person that, that you want to become, even outside of your dating life. But having an image of that character decides or helps you decide all of your actions in, in your day-to-day life. And, uh, um, you know, you, you get out of the world what you put into it. So um, it's, it's a lot of uh, self-thought, self-treatment. And um, it's not as much as the, 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 the gene pool that's floating around you. It's, it's really you. I like that. We're very big on self self growth and like personal responsibility on this podcast. So I love that mm. that's been like a big part of your journey. What about you? What's your thought on that? On like personal growth and like. Well, the question you just posed to me. Oh, the most brutal truth about dating. Mm-hmm. I think that um, in dating and in life, a lot of people are extremely eager to be victims and extremely eager to blame others for like their misfortunes. Um, Mm -hmm. when at the end of the day, you know, of course there are external factors that like affect all of us, but especially when it comes to dating, a lot of stuff is within your control. And I think that, you know, I think that a lot of people don't want to, they don't want to take personal responsibility. They don't want to say like, you know, I enabled this or like I allowed this or I accepted this and that's why it's happening because, you know, they may not be ready for it yet. And like, I get it. Like, but if you're serious about like meeting someone that you want to like share a life with, then you have to, you just have to unfortunately like cut out all of the bullshit. You have to like be willing to cut people loose. You have to be willing to like literally ignore people, leave people on red. Like I don't want to even be touched by that vibe or like that behavior, because I think when you like let it into your orbit, then Mm. it becomes more acceptable to you. It becomes like more palatable to you. And so I think like, you know, women, especially, but just people in general, like you get what you put up with, you get what you accept. And like, when you live a life where you're literally willing to like cut out anything that is bad or that doesn't serve you, or that's like unacceptable, a lot of things become a lot more clear, I guess. Um, yeah. so I'm, yeah, I'm big on the the personal responsibility and the not being a victim in life or in dating. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, any last words for our delusional daters, our wonderful listeners, those about to be brutalized? Yeah, I think, uh, envision your ideal person and behave like they would in a given situation. I would that smart, sexy and confident person act uh and uh just ask yourself that question be that person and slowly but surely you become them oh i love it you have to speak it into existence it's a secret yeah oh my god well thank you so much tom this has been so much fun um we love to have our we love to have our guests from the west um so thank you and guys tune in next week um to get brutal with us again thanks liz 